candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. I have another awesome guest. We have Charlo Green, the famous fuck it, I quit reporter. We have you live, Charlo. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Dina. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing really, really well. Well, awesome. I'm very happy to hear that. I have a lot to talk about today, so I'm so happy you joined us because a lot of people want to hear your take because you and I have experienced a lot of some similar things in our lives, especially the kind of unknown outing, I suppose. I mean, you you knew what you were doing when you went out that day to work and said, I'm going to go out with guns blazed. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite make that decision, but once Snoop outed me, I decided to come out guns blazing as well. And we both love this plant cannabis so much that we are uh, have devoted our lives to becoming a freedom fighter for this plant. So I'm really excited to have you on. Well, I'm thrilled to just be here chatting with you. I remember the first time I met you, I was beside myself with just admiration for a woman who just stands in her own power and doesn't take shit from anyone and is just a gun blazing. So the fact that I was able to match you and I've been able to look to you as a mentor of sorts over the time or over this time. It's been really valuable to me. So, so I'm glad to be here too. Well, thank you. I was really excited when I got sent that video. Actually, I think someone from Snoop's camp sent me the video of you quitting and said, do you know this girl? I'm like, I don't, but I think I will soon. (laughs) (laughs) And then ironically, it wasn't, wasn't too long after that we met. And so what I thought is really cool. First of all, I want you to talk to everyone listening about the state of Alaska right now, because for those of you guys listening at home, Charlo was really a freedom fighter to getting Alaska moving in the right direction as far as legalization goes. But we're not there yet. And everyone seems to think that as soon as, you know, the vote comes through saying it's legalized, then there's just like a weed, you know, raining from the sky and everyone's smoking and doing what they want to do. That's not quite the case. And so, Charlo, what's happening in Alaska right now? Alaska is going through a season of growing pains. Now is actually one year and one day to when we all went in and cast our votes. And what we didn't realize was that we were putting people that have been against legalization, that have been against ending the war on us, um, the power to make new laws against us. So, I mean, since then, the state has been deploying just about every tactic that it can to target the people that stood out and spoke out the most me, my family, a lot of other advocates, and are introducing legislation to cut us out of the industry for all eternity. So that's one aspect of what's been going on. My own home has been raided twice. I've been under investigation by the Alaska Public Offices Commission, and police are picking and choosing which laws to enforce, 
against which people and on that mentality have decided to use the laws that were on the books before we all cast our votes to stop sending people to jail over weed to charge me with four misdemeanors and four felonies for marijuana possession. That is unbelievable. It's literally what's been happening. If you were to Google Charlotte and Alaska, they've been documenting all of this. It's really unfortunate that my name's been, well, they've been attempting to drag my name through the mud to try and make an example out of me for the work that I've done and continue to do for my community. Are there other activists that are successful in doing the same similar work that you were doing in Alaska? Legalizing it? No. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had to quit my job. I am the only collective in the state. Nobody else is ballsy enough, or safe access point, excuse me. Nobody else is ballsy enough to stand up and do anything for the patients that are and have been dying without this much-needed medicine, aside from me. It's really sad. It's really sad when you think about, you know, how many people in Alaska could be benefiting from this plant and the government is trying to block it when the people have voted for it. It sounds like that the state needs some really good laws for pro-cannabis laws. And hopefully you guys will see a lot of change. You know, it's interesting. You and I both experienced Spain, which in Spain, it's almost kind of similar to where it's like, okay, but it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I was told to stay away from the Spanish police, but the Basque police were okay. I mean, it was, it was very strange, but they had two different police forces kind of serving the same little area. Did you experience the same thing when you were like in Irun or San Sebastian? Well, I didn't interact with the police too much. I tend to just try and avoid all police, just period, point blank. I know in hearing from the owners of the cannabis clubs out there that they do have these interesting relationships with area police and that there is this understanding that cannabis isn't the demon plant that it's been cast as, at least in certain departments. And so they understand what the people are fighting for, but their hands are tied in that they have to enforce the laws that are on the books. So now um, it's my understanding that the cannabis club owners and people in the community are organizing so that they can change that and work in tandem with the police that aren't just reefer madness and out to punish the people for their use of the plant. That sounds amazing. You know, I, I hope that everyone going forward can work with their local police to make sure that there's an understanding of what cannabis is. When I first started in the industry, one of the first things I did was I made an appointment to speak at one of the meetings for the West Hollywood Sheriff's Department and they have briefings. And so I went to the briefing and I spoke in front of everyone and I started off, you know, with a couple jokes like, I think one of them was, you know, when you pull someone over and you think they're high or you smell cannabis, you should say, hi, how high are you? <laughs> it's, it's that these should, people should under, and I, I tried to make them laugh, but the reality is a lot of them came up to me afterwards and said, thank you so much because we always thought it was okay, but our partner, you know, someone we work for doesn't. And our mom needs it or our grandma could really use it or my girlfriend uses it because she has cancer. And we heard that from so many different people. And you realize that, you know, there's so much hatred towards the police force right now. But the police that I've interacted with in the past, there have been some real, you know, jerks that really feel like they have power issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And you get those same jerks like in companies, like in business every single day. They just right. they don't have the legal power to arrest you or shoot you. 
you know? And so I think that we need to start looking at like the mental health issues of what's going on in with our world and how cannabis can really be helping. Right. Every time we have an officer come into the store, let's say someone tried to break in and we have to make a police report, they always make jokes about how many days left they have until they're retired. And so, you know, that makes me think, wait a second. So even they know it's okay. And so if I can spread that same message to all the police department everywhere, if you're law enforcement, you're listening, you know, maybe this is the future that if we could get everybody to understand that cannabis is a friendly plant and that we're just growing something like tomatoes, it's no big deal. We can really focus our energy on the real bad guys. And Mm -hmm. to me, I'm sure there's not like that much crime in Alaska (laughs) compared to you know, California or Colorado or other states, but... Oh, no, no, no. The FBI ranks Anchorage as one of the 10 most dangerous cities in the nation. There is a lot of crime. We have the highest rape rates in the entire country. The police have better things to be doing than raiding me. In fact, there was a murder two blocks away from me the morning of the first raid on my home that had more than a dozen officers dedicating their entire day to cannabis like let me also throw out there the results of every single raid no nothing else was found aside from cannabis well i think the reality there and so yeah well charlotte they'd rather raid if you were a police officer and you had to raid someone would you rather raid someone that you knew wasn't gonna hurt you and just had some pot and you can like give them a hard time and probably steal all their cash or would you rather like go after looking for a murderer If I took my role in society seriously as someone who's tasked with policing the streets and and getting the bad guys away from all of the rest of us, then I wouldn't prefer to be raiding someone that is only serving a positive purpose in the community. Where else are all of the patients supposed to go? Like every officer that took part in that raid, knowing exactly what the situation was and that they probably smoke at home, should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, absolutely. Like, all of us are absolutely. people at the end of the day, but we have personal responsibilities. Like me as a journalist that refused to keep on pushing out that bullshit, we all have responsibility to stand up and demand a better society for everyone. And right. that includes the police that are out here enforcing these bullshit and that's, laws. That's, that's the problem is as long as they are a law, you're giving them mm-hmm. the right to bother you and take you down. Well, we and, actually voted to change the law, and they still showed up and banged in my door. And that, that's so the problem. That's we the problem. Next? We're going to have to take a short break, Charlo, but I love this conversation. So you guys, don't go away. We'll be right back. We'll be back with Charlo Green talking about the police and cannabis. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. 
Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. I have Charlo Green on the phone right now, and we are going to finish having our heated conversation about the injustice of the law and how horrible law enforcement can be and how they are becoming lazy and going after people who they know are not the real criminals because they are too lazy to go after the real ones and risk, you know, I don't want to say getting a hangnail because you could actually really get hurt, but... If you're going to take upon the role and the job to serve and protect, you need to do so. And protecting mm-hmm. the world against the plant is not doing us justice. It's not helping anyone. No, it's not. And we don't no, know, you know, just like my first job in the industry was I had a doctor's office, right? And I had a cell phone that all of the patients, it had my cell phone number on their recommendation so that if they got pulled over or needed to be verified, it would go to my cell phone because I wanted to make sure that 24-7 someone was going to verify you. And so I would always leave my phone on and my friends used to make fun of me because I'd answer my phone sometimes, you know, verifications because I just assumed everyone was calling for verifications. And once I get, I got a phone call from a police officer asking me about, he said, uh, yeah, I, I got a Mr. Broadus. And I'm like, oh no, what did Snoop do now? And he said, we, you know, I want to verify his doctor's note. And I said, yes, he's verified. And I validated his, his date and everything. And it's kind of funny because now I'm verifying my friend, the law enforcement. And the cop said to me, I, we need to know what his medical condition is. That's, that's a HIPAA violation. And yeah. I, I can't disclose his medical condition. So what I said was, I'm sorry, officer, but I can't disclose that medical condition because of HIPAA laws. But all I can say is that you can't judge a book by its cover. And you can't see cancer and you can't see AIDS and you can't judge. You don't know what a person has. So I can't disclose and you don't know what they're using cannabis for, but it could be something very serious, which he at that point, he was very upset with me because later on, dog's like, why'd you have to say like, make it sound like I had AIDS or something? I'm like, I'm like, I was I, like, how about you're welcome? You're welcome. I answered the phone at like four in the morning. Like, you're welcome. But the officer let him go. And, and so, you know, they knew the law. They know you can't ask what someone's medical condition is. But I always felt like reaching out every time I see a police officer, if I know I have nothing to hide, right, I don't break the law. So I don't have any warrants out for me. They're not going to arrest me. I like to walk up to them and ask them questions. and like, hey, thank you for your service. Hey, by the way, I have a question. How do you feel about medical cannabis? And they're like really surprised by that. And if you start off with thank you for your service – Usually they're like, "Oh, you're welcome," you know. <laughs> okay, and then and then it it opens up to like you know talking about cannabis, and a lot of the time, maybe two out of ten are anti-cannabis, 
And it's only because mm-hmm. they've seen really bad things happen to people around cannabis. And that's like saying that doctors, you know, have seen really bad health conditions so they can be scared of all sorts of things. But it doesn't mean that it happens to everyone, you know. It's interesting. So Charlotte and I, back on subject because I go on a tangent for a minute. <laughs> Charlotte and I both were a year apart from each other, were invited out to Spain to speak at a, a festival called Expo Grow. And yeah. we were brought out by some amazing people out there and given really incredible tours around their country and around some of the, the facilities that they have there. And so when I was going out to Spain, I had no idea what to expect. What I noticed was that, first of all, everyone there is like super friendly, <laughs> right? And their cannabis. Yes, everyone's super friendly. Everyone's in shape and everyone, or a lot of people have dreads in like a ponytail style design. That was a little different for me. Sorry, yeah, it was like too. totally strange. Like I was not <laughs> expecting that look like very, like, like stoners, different. you know, stoners run deep in culture. And so they are out there going hard Yes, and very tall <laughs> and you know, good, good, good looking guys. Very good looking guys. And oh, speaking of, did you end up, you ended up going to a beach. Did you see the great looking guys also naked on the beach? Cause oh I my sure God. Did. Yeah. It was, yeah. I was going to say the nude beach. Cause that was, yeah. I saw walking my husband took a couple pictures of me and we didn't realize that it was a nude beach and then later looking back in the photos we were like oh my god everyone behind (laughs) you is naked (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we did not go to the beach we just walked past the beach but it was beautiful (laughs) out there and they have a smoking jesus statue which is la castile de la mota and so it's castle of the weed and there's a Jesus, like in Brazil, giant Jesus statue on top. And if you get up, if you climb up all the way to the top, when you look at the statue, and he's huge, he's holding something in his hand that looks either like a joint or a dabber. And I was having like the be- I was so high by the time we went up there because we were smoking the whole way up there. But we were all like giddy and laughing because we're on the top of La Castile de la Mota, and this Jesus is a smoking Jesus, right? That's, that's the name we gave him. <laughs> And so, okay. I was gonna ask. I was, yeah, I don't think they named him Smoking Jesus, but <laughs> he's the heart of San Sebastian, like uh, Le Corazon de. I don't. My Spanish is terrible, but I did practice Spanish before I went, and that's when I realized that most people spoke Basque, and that mm. it was a total waste of my time to learn any Spanish at all. But the mm. accent was fabulous. Did you notice how everyone like sounds like you know? You got to add the lisp in there, like gracias. Yes, I, was, I thought that was just hearing things. Some people would do it. A lot of people did it. I just thought it was maybe like a, a translation thing. And I, who am I to be like, it's not a fight. Yeah, yeah I like it. No, it was very fun. I, I look forward to going to Barcelona. <laughs> it's my next <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, yes. But one of the okay. reasons why I wanted to bring up Spain was because we both independently went to one of my favorite places in Spain. There's a couple really amazing, I guess you call them social clubs. And one of them is Strain Hunters. And Strain Hunters is run by the guys from the greenhouse in Amsterdam. And if you know them, they are really just world famous and have been around forever. 
And I have known them since, gosh, early. I don't want to even talk, tell you how long, because it's been a very long time. It'll date me. But they're fabulous guys. And they opened up this amazing, amazing, like, restaurant, club, bar, lounge, weed shop, social club. Was that not stunning? Oh, my goodness. Like, as soon as you walk in there, it's like, what is this place? It's almost like it's an art gallery, and then you go down these really, really nice, expensive-feeling stairs, and there's this just, like, it's an oasis. I think that's the best way to describe it, like stoner oasis, where anything you could want, a burger, a fresh fruit smoothie, a fresh roll joint, like, all of it is literally at your fingertips. It's amazing in there. And you don't need your doctor's note, and you just sign up. It is so cool. And you know what? We actually have to go to break real quick. So let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be joined with Charlo Green, and we're going to talk about our next big trip, which I'm really excited to talk about because I can't wait to leave. And by the time you guys hear this, we might actually be there. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back with Charlo Green on Cannabis Confidential. And... uh, Hey, hey, girl. So uh, I hear you're packing your bags for another trip. 
I am. I'm bringing my bikini out. I guess I'm leaving my weed at home for this one. (laughs) But um, I'm ready to hit the beach, aren't you? I am ready. So for those of you guys at home listening, we are headed to the High Times World Cup in Negril, Jamaica, which is the very first ever Cannabis Cup in Jamaica. They're no longer having it in in Amsterdam for the moment. We're going to try out Jamaica. Some good weather. Instead of freezing our butts off, we're going to be in bikinis. And this Mm -hmm. is really exciting, although I have not done any sit-ups, and I just don't care. So I'm going to just keep dabbing and keep eating and getting, I'm filling out, filling out for the cup. I'm very excited. I know. I'm super excited too. I'm excited to eat as well. I really couldn't care less whether you guys like what I look like in a bikini. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to. Oh, we're staying at all inclusive resorts. We're eating all day. Are you kidding? They're going to have to roll (laughs) me down the beach just to get to the booth. (laughs) And you're, um, doing is it a speech is it a class i think i'm on a panel aren't you on a panel as well i think i'm doing a solo thing about the art of freedom fighting so i'm really excited to be doing that what are you going to be talking about with the art of freedom fighting i'm going to be talking about what it takes to keep on going how people can just be more resourceful in themselves and look inward as opposed to outward and unifying just a little bit of everything, how we were able to pull it off. I think we were down 13 points before fuck it, I quit up in Alaska, but that's something that sparked the conversation. And we used that momentum to successfully legalize marijuana in the first conservative state. So I'm just going to share my own experience and what they can take away from that and what I've learned from people like you and other leaders in advocacy and industry. So, so I'm excited to speak to the people. I know they um, recently passed a medical marijuana law of some sort. It has yet to formulize, but, but I know they're taking steps. So right now is no greater time for people to really wake up and get active and make sure they're paying attention because not all legalization is good legalization. We have to that be is super true. diligent now that people know there are dollars and and these mines to be digged in, in the industry, we just have to make sure that we protect its integrity, the integrity of the plant and what so many people have fought and died for. So, Yeah, and it's kind of sad because in California, we've had like 20 years of gray area, which has been both a nightmare and awesome at the same time mm-hmm. because we really can kind of do our own thing. And up until recently... Well, I would say recently. Up until like when we first started, there were no rules. But unfortunately, the other cities were not welcoming to this. So L.A. County, they're still figuring out what to do. West Hollywood, we're okay. But we're like you could walk over an invisible line and be in L.A. or be in West Hollywood. We're right next to each other. And then you can go the other direction to Beverly Hills and they're banned. So there is no Beverly Hills businesses at all. And that are cannabis businesses. And so with that said, you know, we kind of had to create our own thing. And now all of a sudden you have the state, you know, making these laws that we just passed. And it's going to change the way we do everything. And it's going to put a lot of people either A, out of business or B, make them into criminals when they weren't right now. They're not really criminals. But they will be as soon as the law, you know, because not everyone can get a cultivation permit. 
and mm-hmm. it's going to make it really hard for people. And so it's really sad. And, and at least we have that. But I, I really do hope that in Alaska, the cities start figuring out what to do and start like permitting these businesses to operate because yeah, they ran you out of town, but that's oftentimes the first thing that happens when a business tries to open. And then, Oh no, my collective is still in operation. We do not close. We're open seven days a week. We're open right now. We don't close. They didn't run me out of anywhere. Let me state that. In their mind, in their minds, you know, they try to, they always try to run the first person out, but if they don't give up, you know, eventually you will win. And so, you know, from my experiences, there were other collectives that had opened in my city years before I had opened, but the feds ran them out of town and there were no more. And so I came in as like, you know, the second round, even though I've been in forever, but there were people before us and the city actually bought the dispensary a building to operate in. The DEA seized the building that the city bought. So... That happens. They go after the city, the federal government. And so we've, we've really seen it. And so you never give up. Just keep pushing. Keep on trucking. You guys will win in the end. And the good guy always wins. You know, in all honesty, we feel like we've already run. We've been in operation for more than a year, a year and a half. It was our energy, our effort that pushed the vote from no to yes. And we've served thousands of the state's medical marijuana patients. I mean, we've already won. The fact that we stood up, we took action, and we made a difference, and that difference will be in history forever. People can look to that and know that that all it takes is someone deciding enough is enough. I am enough to do something about something and and actually following through. So we feel like we've already run. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for doing that, and you're my weed warrior of the week for making that happen not many people have done things like that in their state. There's been very few people out there and you are one of them. So thank you so much. We're actually out of time, but I'd like to thank you, Charlo, for coming on this week for, you know, spreading all your advice about how to break the stereotype and free the mold, free the, free the weed, you know, in your state. So if you guys are in Jamaica, come out there, check out Charlo and check out my panel, come party with us. We will be eating and smoking and <laughs> <laughs> laughing and having a grand old time. And until then, we will uh, check in next week. And I might actually be recording a show in Jamaica. So maybe, Charlotte, you'll come by and hang out again over at the booth. So thanks for I joining us at Cannabis Confidential. Thank you to my producers and Cannabis Radio. You guys rock. Join us again next week for another edition of Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.